Retro Rebel Gamecast episode 64 is brought to you by TempleofGeek.com, your one-stop shop for all things geek. You can find all of our episodes and fulfill your sci-fi, fantasy, and geek culture-related needs at TempleofGeek.com. Welcome to the Retro Rebel Gamecast, where we discuss gaming and related topics. Retro Rebel is released every Friday, and you can find this episode and much more by heading to templeofgeek.com, iTunes, or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. You can even find us on Facebook at Temple of Geek for exclusive content and to see what else we're up to. My name is Stacy, and special guest today for the second time is our guest host, Cammie. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing pretty well. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for joining us again. Uh, Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe we can make this a regular thing. I know we kind of said that last time, but uh, but it, it seems like that may be the case. I would love that. It's absolutely a blast <laughs> to be on the show. Awesome. Well, uh, today is going to be a little more informal. I, I kind of wanted to just catch up on, uh, you know, we're about three quarters the way through the year now, and, and a ton of good games have, have been released. But one of the things that we like to do on this show really is we don't really care uh, you know about being in the in the conversation we don't really care about if we are playing the newest games uh, even games that were released this year however you know there were a lot of really good games and fortunately i was able to play a lot of them but but it, we're not restricted to that so you've been playing some games that uh maybe were released not this year yes yeah um <laughs> Yeah, I finally I finally picked up Final Fantasy V. Just uh, I know we've been talking about Final Fantasy. You and I talked about it. Um, yeah, yeah. And I've just I've been having a lot of conversations about it recently. And I was kind of like, you know, I never got around to playing Final Fantasy V, so I finally just bit the bullet and did that. So well, tell tell cool. yeah, tell the listeners a little bit about that particular uh, game because Final there are so many different ones, and that one is unique for some very specific reasons. So tell the listeners about that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So Final Fantasy V is one of the really old school kind of pre-PlayStation uh, 1, pre-console, or at least kind of the current generation of consoles. Right, and, yeah. Right, uh, games, you know. Um, still back in the 2D sprite era before we had our little 3D polygon figures. Yes. Um, and <laughs> it's, it's the one that everybody knows because... The main character has a pet chocobo, and his name is Butts. His the, name the is character, what? Not the character. The character's oh. name is Butts, not the chocobo. Not the chocobo. Okay. No, the chocobo has a normal name. It's just like, oh, he's Boko the chocobo, but naturally, you no. Know, your main character is named Butts. Of course, yeah. Naturally. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you know how it is. They localize it. They changed it to Bart's when they released uh, Dissidio, Should which have. is the yeah when they released the fighting game where they have all the Final Fantasy characters together. But why? Butts is great. Um, yeah, so I'm not actually terribly far into the game. Um, unfortunately, you know, just the whole school getting the degrees thing is... Right, that does get in the bit. way. Um, but yeah, I'm loving it so far. Um, you know, it's it's the typical Final Fantasy story in which you have the crystals... Or the typical early Final Fantasy, right? You have the four crystals, the wind, earth, water, fire. Okay. Yeah. Um, and one of them is damaged, shattered, whatever. 
And right. so you have to go to the shrine with the crystal and then you find out that the story is bigger than you thought it was. And then the other crystals make you the chosen one and you have to go save all the crystals and all the good stuff. All the good stuff. Yeah. Comes so from like the early Final Fantasies. Yeah, because this one, number five, this one comes after obviously number four. That just makes mathematical sense. But wasn't released this one wasn't released originally in, in the states correct correct yeah because four was released as two in the states um right. and then they jumped straight to releasing six as ff3 right um, okay and so then they came back and they released uh final fantasy 5 like years later i think they made a game boy advance version i think that's how it was first released um or no it must have been released probably in the final fantasy anthology for the playstation one maybe was it the yeah PlayStation One or man? For some reason, I thought they had a, a DS version or something. I couldn't remember. Um, they had a DS version of four. Oh okay, okay. I remember because it had like these really terrible, like chibi, like three D things of all the characters, oh, no. and that's how all they did all the cutscenes that way. And it just, I mean, it was. For someone who hasn't played a single Final Fantasy game, it's a good kind of method to get you into it, I guess. But if you're a big Final Fantasy fan and then you play the DS remake of 4, you're just kind of watching this going, I'm not quite sure what they were thinking when they pitched this design idea. And that could go for 3, 2, and 1. That's true. Especially 1. But if you go... Now, one thing about 5, didn't 5 have a job system? Yes. Yes, it did. So how does the job system work? Um, so basically, you of course, you start with your typical freelancer class, right? right. Um, and once you get you know through, you get kind of access to your basic jobs. Um, and then to gain access to new jobs, you have to go get like crystal shards. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, so a lot of jobs kind of come as you go through the story. Um, I haven't gotten to unlock a whole bunch of them yet. Um, so I'm really, really looking forward to do that. Um, it's set up so anybody can do any job in like a typical job system, not in kind of some of the, the newer Final Fantasy games where it's like, oh, your characters are locked into like the one or two job choices and they can't cross over. Um, okay. it's a very open job system, which again, going back to kind of, that's how the early Final Fantasies were, right? That's kind of how three was. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess, well, three, original three, right? Not, three was the first one with the job system, correct? Yes, three was the first one with the job system. And then four kind of got away from it. Right. Five went back to it, six got away from it again, and and, and every character kind of had their specific role, I guess. Yes, exactly, yeah. So it's okay. it's very similar to three in, in the sense that the characters can cross over to the jobs however they like, which personally is something I enjoy. Nice. Okay. It gives you a lot more agency with the characters, especially that's a lot of freedom for a very early game, uh, you know, in, in, in the systems, even though unfortunately it didn't did ever make it over here, but I don't know if it would have been as well received. Uh, I don't know if, you know, although final fantasy did well. Um, I don't yeah, know. I, I can't, I don't know the numbers, but yeah, it did very well. And I think, I think to some extent it was also the time at which it was put out because right. I think now um, especially you know post Skyrim Skyrim where you can do whatever the heck you want 
right? And games like that, I think this idea of a gaming with a a game with the job system where you can do pretty much whatever the heck you want is a bit, I think it's a bit more popular now than it might have been in the 90s. Um, You know, and especially a game like this where if you learn something in one job, you can carry like secondary commands over to your next job. So if I play with my main character as a black mage and then I decide, oh, he's going to be a knight, I can still access his black magic that he learned in the black mage job. Oh, very nice. Okay. Yeah, that's Um, my favorite part. So you've been playing Final Fantasy V. Um, Are there any other games that you've been playing that that kind of stand out this year? Or were you, well, let's start with this. Have you gotten a chance to play any of the games that have been released this year? Um... I had the chance to play a little bit of, um, well, I mean, I've been playing Subnautica, which wasn't really like released, but I know they came out with a lot of updates this year. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, Detroit Become Human was kind of the other one that I actually picked up part of. Nice. Okay. Well, tell me about the first one. I don't know much about that, but we can both talk about Detroit, so. Yes, absolutely. You'll you'll probably talk about Detroit more than I will because I haven't played very much of it at all. Um, but I'm always happy to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Subnautica is basically like a kind of uh, open world kind of survival adventure type. Um, okay. It's all... It's all played from this first person perspective and the idea is that like you crashed your spaceship on this ocean planet and um then basically you have to explore this ocean planet and survive and yeah and you collect resources and construct stuff and you get eaten by fish it's great oh wow so (laughs) (laughs) uh i have not i don't think i've heard about this game at all so i'm guessing it's single player experience yeah yeah it's single player um I know the, the early, well, it was first released in early access in like 2014, 2015-ish, I think. Okay. Uh, if I remember correctly. Um, I remember seeing like some people on YouTube playing it and I'm a big, huge fan of underwater stuff. I mean, I'm getting my master's in marine biology. so Oh, like, very nice. Okay. <laughs> thank you. So underwater stuff is my jam. And when I saw people playing this on YouTube, I was like, I don't know what that is, but I love it. So <laughs> I eventually, I eventually badgered my um, brother because I have a Mac and right. gaming on Mac is a little bit difficult. So I badgered my brother into like letting me play on his desktop. Um, yeah. And they do I it just, better on in PC, at least yeah, gaming. Ga- gaming. Yeah. A little bit. I mean, the Mac's better for school stuff, but anyways, <laughs> that's Everything a whole else, side story. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I kind of fell in love with it and um, it's, there's a day night cycle. Um, you have to manage like hunger and thirst while you go, you try to dive because you're essentially floating on this, in this like submersible type ship thing. And you like you could sleep in there and stuff, but then you have to go because there's no land, at least when you first start out. And so you have to go in the water to like get stuff. And okay, yeah, it's great. And especially with that day night cycle, it honestly uh, reminded me the first time I played. I was reminded me so much of the first time I went scuba diving at night because it was just kind of very nerve wracking. 
<laughs> at least until you kind of get used to where the things that going that are going to eat you are in the game world. Um, but I love it. Well, I mean, it it sounds like a lot of fun. Um, yes. And it kind of up my alley in terms of games. I and, and I don't think, like I said, doesn't matter if it came out this year or not. Uh, you know, we we really just kind of like to whatever recognize what are good games. And you, mm-hmm. you know, unless unless it is your job one hundred percent of the time, I don't. You know, I don't know how you could keep up with everything. Yeah. Uh, and there are so many game releases that uh, it's just difficult to even think how you could give a game. Uh, it's due diligence and do everything else that you need to do, you know? Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, so I, I think that that's, I think that's one thing it's, you know, the completionist, he's a, you know, big YouTuber. Some people um, mm-hmm. really enjoy the, the fact that he and I, and me included really enjoy the fact that he doesn't complete whatever the most recent game is. Uh, he just, he picks random, you know, I'm sure there is a rhyme uh, to his reason. But, right. uh, you know, he, he does he, he doesn't select like my, uh, you know, Spider-Man, which was just recently released or, uh, you know, something else just to stay relevant. Uh, he's done like Kirby, you know, multiple Kirby games. Uh, yeah. One of them was Kirby Pinball, you know, <laughs> and which yeah. is obscure and more than 10 years old, you know. So, uh, no, I'm all about that. But I fortunately was able to play uh a number of games that were released this year, but I guess in particular, I'd like to really see what you thought about Detroit Become Human, uh, and and maybe we'll we'll go ahead and put a spoiler alert here that there may be some things ruined. I won't ruin anything that you haven't uh, had a chance to play through. So, and I mean, unless you're you just don't care, um, but I did finish the game, uh, and I did. I I don't think I'll ever play it again. Uh, I like the way that my ending was, even though I didn't get the best one. So, but what did you think? what did you think of Detroit Become Human? Okay, so I I do have to kind of preface this with a little bit of a disclaimer. Um, I actually came at it um, in the context of a conversation I was actually happening about like narrative presentation in video gaming. Okay. So I came in to the part that I played right in the middle of the story. No idea what was going on. Played through. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. No idea what was happening. Played through a couple hours of it um, because it was, I was playing a friend's copy and haven't finished it yet. Although I do have it on like my to buy list because I was kind of like, okay, based on what I've seen, I probably need to play it all the way through myself. So, I so what part of the game did you get to play? What what was the what was the part that you experienced? Um, I played. I think it was one of the first parts where you had the the female android, Kara, right? Okay. Kara. Yeah. Um, one of the first parts with her, where she just kind of comes into the household with the guy and like his daughter. Okay, so um, you, it's just when she her story is beginning. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and that whole bit with the whole abusive father thing, and right, yeah, yeah, and you know the the thing about that is it it, it is he is a terrible person. There's no doubt about it. There's no way around that. Um, yeah. However, it is as you play, there is some nuance to it. I mean, you real you find out why he is the way he is a little mm-hmm. bit more, and so it doesn't make him sympathetic, really. 
Um, but right. it does help you understand his position, why he is, I guess, understand. You you get it why he is the way he is. You don't have to necessarily agree to be that way. Uh, mm-hmm. But I guess it just sheds some light on why he's such a jerk in the game. Yeah, and, and I think that's really important, especially because... Of course, obviously, this is a very serious issue, and this, yeah, it's a real thing that happens a lot. It happens all the time. Um, right. And so, I feel like a lot of narratives that present like the abuser as like this irredeemably awful, all the time, completely one hundred percent horrible person actually do a lot of disservice to people who are actually in that type of situation because the fact of the matter is not everyone is 100% evil all the time. And I'm not right. saying that it's like, okay, or and most people aren't, you know, yeah, right. And I'm not sh- saying it should be excused. But what I am saying is that when these characters are presented as always, really awful one all the time, I feel, yeah. yeah, one dimensionally awful and evil, it makes it much harder for actual victims in that situation to identify their abusers as abusive, because they, you know, might have experiences where like, oh, well, okay, he did this one nice thing for me or whatever. Right, Um, yeah. And so you can't, it it then makes it more difficult to, especially for people who aren't being physically abused, but for people who are like maybe being emotionally abused or neglected, it makes it very difficult for them to pinpoint those behaviors and say, this is abusive behavior because they'll, a lot of times they try to justify it to themselves as like, well, he he's not evil, so it's not abuse. But the right. fact of the matter is, like, yeah, it, it still can be abuse, even if they're not always and, bad. And so I think by yeah. sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I, I mean, I, I was I was just saying that, like you were like you were saying, yes, it is abuse. Yes, these things these things unfortunately they do happen. But it can also be true that the person who's doing the abuse or the the abuser was also abused. You know, and mm-hmm. so anyway, so there's there there are multiple layers usually to people in general, and you know, yeah. in in most cases, I would even say more than one of these things is probably true. You know, it's not just, and we want to put people in one box or the other. You know, we kind of want to categorize it as either being completely evil or really good, and unfortunately, it's not that simple. You know, it is much more complicated, and that's one thing about Detroit Become Human that I think is. That in in all of the games, I believe it's David Cage, I think is his games. Mm -hmm. uh, All of his games try to do that. They try to paint a much more complicated picture than it just being as simple as, you know, black and white or, or, you know, good or bad. One of the things I really like about this game is there are so many branches to the stories. Um, They said, I mean, I don't know. There are dozens of endings. Not like two mm. or three dozens, but m- many more than that. Yeah, um, a lot. And because of that, uh, you know, there there are no game over screens. It's like your game may end with a particular character or with all three characters, and then that's where your game ends. You know, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. for somebody else, they may take that decision you made, go in a different direction, and then just ride that out to its fruition and play a completely have a completely different experience than you. You know, meet characters that you otherwise would not have even met because, mm-hmm. you know, of the way that they played the game a little bit differently. And I and to me, that's that's always a very interesting premise for the most part. I mean, I and I, I've said this on er, other episodes earlier. I loved choose your own adventure books. 
uh, and the idea that I could kind of take some control over my experience, even in a book, because, you know, generally you're just kind of along for the ride in whatever world they're creating. But in a choose your own adventure book, you actually get to make some choices and those choices, you know, beget other choices. And then from there, you kind of shape your own experience. Um, it's loosely that way, you know, in the book, they're limited on kind of the ways they can deliver that. But uh, these games do a much better job kind of, of painting that picture and giving you, you know, agency over your characters. And I think that's awesome, you know. Uh, yeah. And absolutely. every chance I get, I play these types of games. Yeah. And I mean, that's that's most of the appeal of video games in general, right, is having that ability, right. that agency to engage with the narrative. And so when you get you're getting kind of this new... I guess, wave of games that are like, you don't just have two or three endings, you have, you know, 25 or whatever, or 50, or however many, it just, like you said, it just expands that, that agency that you had, which was kind of what attracted you to interactive media in the first place, right? Right, right. You just want a good, a good story, like, okay, go, you know, watch a Marvel movie. But yeah, you know, what attracts you to games is the interactivity. Absolutely. No, and Yes, that is uh, to me the biggest draw to gaming, and uh, mm -hmm. but you know, I guess I just all that I don't want to spoil anything. There's so many things to tell you about that particular game and, and ways that you can go. I mean, you've just scratched the surface. Uh, you haven't even really gotten into the other two, and I think Kara's story uh, is mm -hmm. one of the more interesting and relatable stories. But mm -hmm. uh, the police officer Colin, I think is this, is it Colin. Uh Con Connor 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 yeah that's right. I'm sorry Connor uh, Connor is Connor was my favorite though okay. Kara was my second close second favorite very different experience I, I really liked Connor though because Connor was kind of like a blank slate you could make him be an asshole you could make him be really nice you could make him be empathetic and sympathetic uh, or you could make him be very cold and so you I feel like you and you could kind of do that with the other two but he was such a clean slate because I feel like he he was really the main character of the game, and he he was the one that that he was the tie that connected everything else in the end. So, okay. Um, anyway, so when you get a chance, you definitely uh, you definitely should to jump back into that game. Yeah, I'm definitely planning on picking up a copy for myself. Um, I mean, I noticed that there were a couple like little narrative things where I was kind of like, okay, I feel like you're lacking internal consistency here in terms of your narrative structure um, and a yeah. couple things like that. And a, a couple times it felt maybe a little kind of heavy handed in the message it was trying to convey. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely uh, no but, doubt about that. Yeah, so, but I'm definitely looking forward to actually playing it all the way through myself. Yes, whenever you get a chance. Uh, I, I, we'll revisit this another time when you get a chance to finish it. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> so was there, what else, it, it, let's let's just pick one other. What is the, of the games you've played so far, what's the one that you've kind of spent the most time in the world and enjoyed the most so far in 2018? Um... So no one get mad at me for this. I'm finally <laughs> finishing. I'm finishing Andromeda, which I know is technically released not this year, but was it last year? I think it was last year. Or was it May? Was it last year? I mean, uh, March 
April. I guess it was last year. It was. Yeah, I think it was March of last year. Oh, wow. Man, time flies. Okay. Well, yes. Well, yeah. tell us. Uh, <laughs> I'm finally, well, I'm finally getting around to finishing it. Um, you know, I think it's good. I don't. Did you ever play Andromeda? I did. I haven't. I I haven't even gotten past the first world. Okay. See, the thing is, independently, I actually really, really like it. It's only when comparing it to the Mass Effect trilogy, the original, that I'm kind of like, eh, it's not as good. But like, independently as its own game, I'm like, okay, this is actually kind of fun. So you, so you've enjoyed it. I have enjoyed it, in spite of all of the other baggage. Yes, I mean it, it. Again, it's not perfect, but nothing really is, right? right. Um, I, I have enjoyed it kind of as its own thing, um, and I feel okay. that it does help that I only played the Mass Effect series recently, so I didn't have like all this hype built up about Andromeda. I only. I think I only finished playing the original Mass Effect trilogy like a couple months before Andromeda came out. Really? Okay. So, yeah, I was super late to the party. Um, <laughs> so when Andromeda came out, I didn't have like a ton of hype build up. I was just like, oh, okay, cool. It's going to be awesome for like a month or two. So I wasn't, I didn't get my hopes up as high as I think a lot of fans did. And so there wasn't as much of a letdown when it didn't turn out to be as good as the original trilogy. That's. I mean, I think that's true, and I think uh, I think they missed the mark on a few things. Um, mm-hmm. Again, I've only played a, a very limited amount. I've probably played a few hours. I've done a few of the side missions, and the thing about it is, it was more of the same for that for the most part. You know, talk to this person, talk to this person, get to the bottom of something, solve a problem. Um, you know, uh, yes. solve a solve a murder, go back and let the uh, let the officials take care of it or something. You know. Tell, tell the police. Um, yeah, I would yeah. 100% agree with that. Yeah, and so a lot of that stuff was the same. Again, I haven't, I have not gotten into the really the the meat of the story. Um, mm-hmm. I was really just getting the the uh, the gameplay down the the uh, the battle system, I guess, or the mm-hmm. you know that whole the, the whole system down because it was a little bit different. I mean, you you're yeah. targeting and everything, all that was a little bit different. So. Yeah. And I liked it. I mean, I, I did like it. Uh, and I've, you know, Amanda and I talked about it. I think, she, I don't know if she finished it. Um, but I know that it was one that she played and she got past the whole Uncanny Valley effect mm-hmm. of, you know, how their faces just look uh, so odd. Just slightly off. Yeah. Uh, yeah so, you know, are. what were you going to say? Oh, I was going to say, I know they released a patch that made it. Slight, not as bad that kind of diminished the uncanny valley effect at least for me um yes yeah i was like okay thank god <laughs> yeah they supposedly they did and uh, i don't think i've even ventured back uh one of the reasons was mainly because uh i only have limited storage on my xbox and i don't have an external hard drive right now so i couldn't update it and keep okay. all the games i had on there uh okay. so i was like new. No. I, yeah. I'll just wait, but I, I have a, I have one on my PS4 and Xbox now, so eventually I'll get to it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, eventually, I do appreciate, as I always do with the Mass Effect games, the amount of time and energy and background they put into a lot of like the lore and the 
like socio-cultural political environment of the different races yeah i think that's super cool or i guess the different species yes and and I I, i think that's really cool i think that is cool and i think this is one of those games that you know as an aside again this just a part of these this this series of games that they present a lot of uh socially relevant topics and Mm -hmm. you know and i think that they're able to explore things and they always have and again i've said this on other episodes i think uh sci-fi and and, uh role-playing games and sci-fi games in particular but i think skyrim did it i think elder scrolls the whole series has done it where you get to look at Mm -hmm. uh racial inequality you get to look at uh, you know, social, just social issues in general, you know, the, the social inequities, uh, you know, the lower class, upper class. And I mean, you get to see all that stuff in the Mass Effect series as well as, uh, you know, the Elder Scrolls series. So, but yeah, role-playing absolutely. games, they, they kind of present those opportunities and, and do a really good job of addressing things in a way that, you can kind of approach it and, and kind of see both sides of it and say, Hey, this, I see how this is actually applied in real life, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and it presents a kind of an opportunity, I think, to expand beyond just your own point of view Yeah. in an environment that is not going to necessarily punish you for stepping outside your box you know right no absolutely yeah it's kind of a safe way to experience that stuff exactly um so that's the one you and 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 you enjoyed it that's the one you've spent the most time in uh but you said you also kind of spent some time in skyrim uh i did yeah so i've been playing so i decided that what the heck why not i was just gonna try it i got myself a psvr for christmas Okay, um, okay. Because I'm in, I've been wanting one of those for a while, just because why not? So, so I went ahead and treated myself to a PSVR for Christmas, and I got the version that comes with the uh, VR version of Skyrim. Which, let me just say, looks freaking awesome when you like clear out the room and put like the VR headset on, and, and you walk around in Skyrim. It's actually really cool. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, so, um, I was actually kind of sad because you can't transfer your non-VR game file to the VR. At least if you can, I haven't figured out how to do it. So I was, I was really upset about that because my Skyrim (laughs) file, my main, like the character I played the most was amazing and I can't use her profile. So I had to start all over at the beginning. Just like a weak little child that can't even (laughs) control the goal. It makes me sad. But was it fine? I mean, but getting in and, and playing it with in that mode, have you played it, I guess you could consider the normal way, have you played it any other way than VR? Um, yeah, so when I, I originally played through Skyrim, uh, like in 20, I don't know, what it, maybe 13, 14, kind of back towards when it first came out on Xbox. Um, and then I set it down for a couple years. Um, and now that I've picked it up with the VR, um, it's, I will say it's very, uh, motion sickness inducing. So if you're sensitive to motion sickness, like I am, I don't recommend playing for extended periods of time because <laughs> you will get sick <laughs> very quickly. Um, 
but especially with the motion controls with the sword, like I have it set up so I have a sword and then like a fire spell. Okay. And admittedly, you feel so cool when you actually like swing your arm and then in your their VR headset you get the animation of you like swinging the sword or shooting the fire spell and it looks so cool <laughs> it's it's more of like a oh man this is so nerdy but I love it so much kind of thing um it's really fun and if anybody has a VR has like a VR headset I'd go ahead and get Skyrim VR um, I wouldn't say go buy the VR headset just to get Skyrim VR, um, unless you are like not at all prone to motion sickness. Because I can only play it for about forty minutes at a time, which is oh. it's, it's Skyrim. You can't do anything in forty minutes, you know. No, you can't even get across the map. So yeah, so that's the one. That's the one thing that's kind of disappointing is that if you get motion sick, you can your, your play time is limited to about an hour. But if you don't get motion sick please go lose yourself in it. It's amazing. <laughs> well, that'd probably count me out, but all the rest <laughs> of you can enjoy it. Um, yeah. And you should. Well, there, you know, I, I, we don't really have time to go over all, all the games that I've played, but I want to go over two that I think yeah. really stand out. And I think these are going to be two games that will be in the, in the discussion for game of the year. And uh, the first one is God of War. Um, I haven't finished it. I'm about halfway through God of War, and again, it was one of those. I mean, with kids and a job and everything else, it's you got to really find time to play, and mm-hmm. uh, so it's one of those games that's just hard to. Uh, you can you can play it in doses, uh, kind of like you were saying, but an hour doesn't get you through a level. An hour doesn't get you through one of the worlds, and so it might get me to a point where I can stop. But unfortunately, it's actually a pretty big world, even though it's kind of on rails. And okay. it, it kind of forces you to go in particular directions. But then once you finish a world, you do kind of have this open world feel where I can paddle my boat around and mean that literally you literally paddle your boat around and then okay. uh, find side quests that you can do. There are a ton of side quests and stuff and um, and other things that you can explore in between your main missions and main story. Uh, but sometimes if I have too much to do like that, uh, I get lost if I stay away for too long. And so okay, yeah. at the, yeah, at the moment, I'm not really sure where I am or what I'm supposed to do. Uh, there are puzzles too. And so sometimes I'll log in and, and it'll take me almost the entire time just to figure out what the puzzle is that I'm trying to figure out. Cause for some reason I logged out right at the puzzle, probably because I couldn't oh, figure it out. Cool. And then you okay. come back and you can't, you know, you can't figure it out. So, yeah. Um, now, now you're not just you've not just lost the puzzle; you've lost your objective too. Right. Was I to yeah, I, I can't remember what I'm do- what I was doing, but uh, but I think it's in the running for game of the year just because of everything that it's done to change not only that game and the series and the style that was usually expected from that particular game, um, but they took Kratos in a different direction. Um, I think in a good way they subverted expectations is as to how he is how he's supposed to act i mean he's a gruff person in general kind of hard to like uh Mm because he's done a lot of terrible things but now he's a dad as well and you know you your son is a major part of the story and so i kind of already know how the game ends because i've ruined it for myself watching a video 
but no. uh, but that's okay. I mean, I still want to experience it. I mean, and that's how good of the of a game it is. Is that even though I may have seen most of the ending, I want to experience it for myself. Um, okay. So it is, and it's and it's a it's a it's not overly complicated. I mean, if you're not that type of gamer, you know, uh, that really likes action games, it doesn't have a whole lot of really complicated button mashing or, or combinations to try to pull off moves and stuff. Uh, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, if you like a few moves, then those moves pretty much get you through every fight. <laughs> so okay. you, you don't have to know all of them. Uh, but if you do get better with, uh, throwing your weapons and some of the upgrades that you can get that you can actually pull off some pretty awesome uh, combinations. But I think it's going to be, it is just a fantastic game. It is a beautiful game. It's also exclusive to PlayStation. So if you don't have PlayStation, yes. you're kind of out of luck. Um, okay. it's It's been on my to buy list. Should I go ahead and go out and get it? Then? I do. If you can find it, especially if it's, if it's discounted at all, I would go buy it. Yeah. Okay. Um, absolutely. It's a, it's a must, I would say it was a must have. Um, and then, uh, I've, I've got a few other games on here, but the one I really want to talk about because it's just so dang fun is Spider-Man. Spider-Man is, is probably the most fun I've had playing a video game in a long time. Um, I would say the closest was Arkham City in terms of okay. just having, it's so much fun just to swing around New York City. Um, the okay. world is huge. I mean, I feel like I, I've gone. I'll swing down a street for you know maybe thirty seconds or a minute, and you feel like you know you're in a different spot, but you don't realize how far you've just gone into New York City, and then all of a sudden you're at the Empire State Building, or you end okay. up. Or the cool thing is, is like you may uh, you find a this is a landmark, and there are all kinds of little side quests. And, and one of the things that to me shows or how indicative of the fun, of, it's indicative of the fun of this game is that generally side quests, I, I don't feel compelled or even pushed to complete the side quests in a game. It's like, if that sounds fun or if I have time, I'll go do it. The little collectible things that Assassin's Creed did just the worst, you know, where you, yeah. you know, you've got all these things and it's just like padding the game. But in mm -hmm. this, in, in Spider-Man, there may be like, you know, 50 different landmarks. And, but each one of them is an actual place for the most part in New York City. Or it's a place like the Sanctum Sanctorum. You know, you, you can go to Doctor Strange's house and take a picture. And then uh, get up, swing off, and go to, you know, uh, the Avengers building. Um, or something else. And all these things are in New York City. And so you, you know, or you can go to the uh, Times Square or Central Park and take a picture. And, uh, and those are all landmarks. And taking a picture gives you uh, a token, a landmark token. And these different tokens like backpacks, backpack tokens, base tokens, uh, landmark tokens, you use them to craft new gear and upgrade your suits and stuff. And, and you unlock suits as you level throughout the game. And so kind of like, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. What were you going to say? I was going to say, so kind of like a, an actual, like similar to the landmark system that they had in L.A. Noir. A lot like it that. Sounds. Yeah, a lot like that. Only where, with yeah, crafting you, on top of it. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And so it's a, there's a, a double purpose. You can go do that. Then you can actually use something that you get from, you know, going out of your way to go see these different locations. And so they're really easy. You just kind of swing around. And the fun part is, it's like, it's not the fun parts, the journey to get there to me, it's like just swinging through town to get to that place and then take a quick picture and then leave. It's awesome. Uh, and you know, and, and then when you get there, sometimes you're surprised like, Oh, I didn't know this is an actual, this is a real place and it's in the game. Uh, and, and so I, I mean, I don't even, you don't always know exactly where the landmark is or where it's taking you. But uh, everything's just seamless. You know, even if you're swinging and you're going to go splat right on the, to the side of a building, you automatically go into this run where you're running along the side of the building and then you swing back out, cool. you know, uh, and, and go back into swinging through the, through the streets. So there's never really a time when you don't feel like, you know, you are Spider-Man, you know, and you're uh, flipping and swinging and, and uh and then and there's even a I saw some negative reviews about it where it said you turn Spider-Man into a cop or something like that. Um, because there is a component of the game where you can get crime tokens basically by thwarting criminals. And so there might be kind of what Spider-Man has always done. Absolutely. Though. You know, uh, you know, this guy's stealing a purse. Well, then you go stop that guy from stealing a purse. Um, these people are robbing a bank. You go stop them from robbing a bank. After you, you know, tie up all the all the criminals or, you know, web them to the wall, then you get a crime token and you swing away before the cops get there. You know, uh, yeah, it's just it's just so much fun. And it's the funnest. It's the most fun. Funnest isn't a word. It's the most fun that I've had, uh, you know, playing a game. Just genuine fun. Like it's not the story is OK. You know, I, I've, I've probably uh, more than I'm about a third, maybe a little over a third uh, through the game, uh, but I've done a ton of side quests. I've done, in, in many instances, I've done as many of the side quests as I can do without unlocking the next thing that allows me to do the other side quests, you know? Um, okay. So, like, there's some quests that I can't even do yet because I don't have the equipment unlocked and uh, or upgrades to my suit or something. So, but it's because those were just fun and generally... You know, outside of, of uh, just a few games, I mean, I think The Witcher had some side quests that I really enjoyed and had good story and stuff like that. But I mean, I uh -huh. they had a ton and that was a huge world as well. So, you know, sometimes I don't know, I just didn't I, I don't have time to go do that. These right. you can actually kind of get in and out and do them and then get back onto the onto the main story if you want or just kind of swing around town for a while. And I, I remember doing that with Batman in uh, Arkham City a lot. City. Yeah. It was a good game. It was a great game. So anyway. Yeah. Everything like everything I've seen like on YouTube about the new Spider-Man, everything looks very, very streamlined and like dynamic. All of the the fighting and the action and the swinging, the web swinging around. And so that yeah. looks it's good. It, it's really good. I mean again, two games that I would say are worth the money um okay. to invest. You you'll get your money's worth out of those two games. Uh there are other games I've purchased this year that I would not say that. I would say I did not enjoy Far Cry 5 to that level. Um, okay. But that's me, again. Someone else may enjoy that that particular game more. I It's just not my cup of tea. Just didn't enjoy it. So, mm -hmm. But it looks pretty, you know. 
So yeah, it, it looks really nice. Yeah, it looks great. Uh, the premise is interesting, uh, but I, I, play, I started playing it and just could not get into it. So, but to each their own, and that's kind of what it's all about. So yeah. Oh, that's why that's why it's an entire industry, right? That's right. <laughs> that's why they have all these different types of games, and uh, you know, and I try to play as as many as I enjoy and the ones I like. Uh, I don't really mm-hmm. care to sample ones I don't think I'll like because I just don't have that kind of disposable income. You know. Yeah, I feel that. <laughs> yeah, as a student, I, I bet you do. So, well, any closing thoughts on on so far gaming this year, or is there something you're looking forward to playing before the end of the year? Um. Well, I was definitely thinking about Spider Man because it just looks so cool, and especially with you saying like all these good things about it, I'm like, okay, I'm definitely going to need to play that um, before the year is up. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and and especially I think Yuri Lowenthal voices Peter Parker, doesn't he? I don't game? know. That's a good question. I don't know. I think so. Just based on having watched like some stuff on YouTube, I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's Yuri Lowenthal's voice. Very, um, very. I'll possible. have to. I'll have to check. But um, the other big thing that I've been looking forward to um, is all the uh, the new DLC for Final Fantasy 15 that's coming out. Because ah. um, I know they uh, they announced a whole bunch of new uh, episodes after they came out with uh, um, Gladio and Prompto and Ignis. I know they announced one for Arden. They announced one for RNA, and they announced one for Luna. Really? Um, okay. I, yeah. So those are supposed to come out. I don't know if they're coming out before the end of the year, if they're coming out next year. Okay. But I'm looking forward to those. I have I haven't played any of those. Uh, I have finished Final Fantasy fifteen, and I kind of just left the story there once it was over because it, as most Final Fantasies, it gets weird towards the end. <laughs> yeah, I I will say I will say Gladio's DLC is like eh, but um, Prompto's DLC gives some more backstory on Prompto. So if you want like feels, play Prompto's. But for certain, play Ignis. Get get episode Ignis and play it because number one, it gives you a lot more world building. Okay. And number two, so it tells the whole story of um, okay. And spoiler warning, everyone, if you have not played Final Fantasy fifteen <laughs> up to the part where you go to Altisha. Okay. Spoiler warning for what happens in Altisha. Okay. So you know how Ignis gets blinded, right? Right episode ignis gives us all the backstory about how exactly that happens okay and it's not nearly as simple as he got hurt ah okay it's it's wonderful and i mean i i kind of saw it coming and i still was like sitting there going like ignis is such a good person so (laughs) He was he was not my favorite. He was just kind of there, and then I played episode Ignis, and I was like, mm, "He's my new favorite." <laughs> so. Well, uh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Pick up pick up the DLC if you find yourself with some free time. It takes only a couple hours to play through, and it's really really good. Okay. Yeah. If it's if it's cheap, I'll I'll, I'll pick it up because I enjoyed the game, and I I'm, mm-hmm. I am a, I may not be as big a fan of Final Fantasy as you are, but I am a big <laughs> fan. So. I, I have a Final Fantasy 15 tattoo. Very nice. <laughs> well, I do not, so you win. 
for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I want to play uh, Walking Dead. Um, I want to. Okay. I want to play the final chapter in that. Uh, I think they all the chapters. I doubt they'll all be out by the end of the year. I don't know. Um, I don't think they're all out right now, anyway. But I haven't. I haven't even bought it yet. I haven't downloaded it. I've wanted to. I just. I want to carry over my saves, and I want to finish that story that was started so long ago. You know, so. Uh, all of them are saved on my Xbox, and I'm I'm assuming that the you know the decisions from the most recent one will now be transferred over, and and uh, because that was such a good game, and it's another one of those where your choices do matter, you know. So mm-hmm. I, I want to play that. Awesome. Uh, I do want to play Life is Strange too. It was released this year. Um, the first one I really enjoyed. Second one I heard is very different, uh, okay. and I've heard a lot of good things about it, um, but. Uh, but I don't know. Um, I don't know if I'll get to it or not, but, uh, those are two that I definitely want to try to play. And then ultimately I'd like to finish Octopath Traveler. I'd like to finish Spider-Man. Uh, and I'd like to finish God of War. So I've got about three months to figure this out. How I can do all of those things that I just listed. Um, you got it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I have high, I have high hopes. High hopes for the end of 2018. So, but what about you guys? Are there any games that you guys are, li- are looking forward to or anything that you're looking forward to finishing up? Or what are your favorite games so far this this year? Just go ahead and put them in the comments or just let us know or email us up at uh, RetroRebel at Temple of Geek. And that wraps up this episode. I want to thank Cammy for this week's discussion. All the notes from this episode will be posted on our site, TempleofGeek.com. If you'd like to add to the discussion, let us know your games or reach out with questions. Sound off in the comments or email us at RetroRebel at TempleOfGeek.com. If you like what you hear, head over to iTunes or wherever you download your podcast and subscribe so you'll be sure to get each episode as it's released. And rate us because that really helps our show. Until the next time, 